0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken.
1: Hi, this is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio, and welcome back to another great episode. I'm so excited today because we are going to be in just a little while talking with Jeannie Walters, who's from Chicago, I'll tell you a little bit more about her in just a bit. You've probably read it on the description of what today's show is. But what I want to talk about today is something that uh, ties into where Jeannie is from, and that's Chicago. And I uh, love the idea of the Chicago-style hot dog. And I think this ties in to a really positive and competitive uh, uh, concept when it comes to customer service and it comes to any company having a competitive edge over anyone else, and that is the concept of uniqueness. So let's talk about hot dogs. Not all hot dogs are the same, and I love a good hot dog. And ever since I was a little boy, I can remember my parents taking me to the ball game and having a delicious hot dog filled with chemicals and who knows what probably mystery meat but I thought it was delicious and even today I still think it's delicious but I also remember some of the family barbecues where we had those fancy big thick kosher hot dogs and when I say fancy they were so fancy that I didn't like them I like those skinny little ones that were burnt at the ball game well it took a while but I finally developed a taste for those fancy dogs. So recently, I was in Chicago, and while I'd heard about the Chicago-style hot dog, I didn't realize the science behind it. So these dogs are different, and unless you are from Chicago or actually had a real Chicago hot dog, you don't know what I'm talking about. But let's talk about the specific ingredients. First, you start with the Vienna all-beef hot dog that is boiled. It's not grilled, and then it's placed into a soft, poppy seed hot dog bun and then you add the ingredients in by the way this specific order so i have these written down we have yellow mustard sweet green pickle relish onion tomato wedges uh, a pickle spear sports peppers and celery salt and that pickle spear is a long pickle that's laid across the top of it all um, oh and by the way ketchup forget about ketchup it is like uh, what I, I refer to as hot dog Chicago-style blasphemy if you were to put ketchup on a Chicago-style hot dog. So why is this hot dog important to customer service and the customer experience? It's because it's about uniqueness. The Chicago-style hot dog is unique. You can buy a hot dog In many places all over the world but if you want a chicago style hot dog they need to advertise it It is specifically a chicago style hot dog and hopefully it's the real thing and uh you can't get them just anywhere i mean street vendors in new york city they're selling hot dogs aren't selling you a chicago style hot dog however you go to the chicago street vendors that's what you get. And again, not that you can't get them in other parts of the world, but not every place is going to serve it. And guess what? If you are in to the Chicago-style hot dog like I am now, you're willing to drive a little bit further, and you may even be willing to spend a little bit more money to get that hot dog. And that is why this is important. It's the uniqueness factor. It's what makes you stand out. So if a hot dog is a metaphor for business, what makes your dog different it's a competitive differentiator for example um car dealerships uh, there's lots of cars uh, car dealers that sell the same cars i mean you can go to the general motors dealer in you know midtown or out of town in the suburbs or a mercedes dealer a toyota dealer a lexus dealer there's always more than one dealer and if you ask a, a person driving a car Why did you buy from that dealer over another? And they're going to give you a bunch of different reasons. But they're the competitive differentiators, at least in the customer's mind. Because the customer gets to define what makes you unique. It might be, boy, uh, I love the location of that dealership. And the location is why I bought that car from them. Because they're so much closer than the other dealers. Well, they win because of that uniqueness, that competitive edge. So think about it. It's about, uh, it's about what makes you different. And you can ask yourself this question. What's the one thing that we do that would make a customer want to buy from us over anywhere else? And maybe it's more than one thing. It's what do we do that would make a customer want to do business with us than anyone else? Do we have a better price? Do we give a better service experience? Uh, are we in a better location? You get the idea. That's part of what I call the uniqueness factor. So, uh, a good Chicago hot dog is a, a good metaphor for business. A little bit of uniqueness goes a long way in the customer experience. All right, so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Jeannie Walters, who is the CEO and founder of 360 Connect. And she is a customer experience expert, and she has so much great information that she's going to share with us. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is... Amazing Business Radio. I love a good book and Donna Cutting's new book 501 Ways to Roll Out the Red Carpet is a great one. The passion that Donna has for customer service is evident as you read this book. She shares how she treats her customers like they're celebrities and gives you 501 ways that you can do the same. So if you want to create raving fans, check out Donna Cutting's new book on amazon.com 501 ways to roll out the red carpet
0: you're listening to amazing business radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert Shep Hyken
1: we're back on amazing business radio and as promised we have a great interview today and we're going to be talking with Jeannie Walters who is the CEO and the founder of 360 Connect and basically the way the way to describe it would be a global customer experience consulting firm. She's an expert in customer experience, and she's been doing this for over twenty years. Uh, she's been working with companies like uh, Verizon Wireless, Allstate, Bath and Body Works, uh, Citrix, many, many others. She is a certified customer experience professional and is proud to say that and she's from chicago so she is a chicagoland ambassador for the customer experience professionals association she is all about customer service and customer experience jeannie welcome to amazing business radio
0: thank you so much chef i'm thrilled to be here
1: you're you're already doing a great job Just being thrilled makes me thrilled. And let's have a great conversation. One of the things that you like to talk about is the customer experience mission and how it differs from a company mission statement. And I love it when a company truly defines what their customer service is, and it becomes maybe sort of a brand promise, but it's not a mission statement for the company. So what's your take on this?
0: Well, I really started noticing how a lot of company mission statements don't mention customers, which I find kind of odd, but it's true. If you if you go look up mission statements, many of them mention influencers or like their shareholders, stakeholders, et cetera, but they don't actually use the word customer. Um, and a lot of them say things like they want to be the best at something, but they don't define that. So what I started doing with Clients and other groups was really looking at okay, what can we say about our mission um, that around the customer experience, what we want to deliver, and the mission of my company is to create fewer ruined days for customers.
1: And I like it sounds that. So
0: simple. Thank you, but when when we get down to it, that's really what we're trying to do for everybody, and that's our our bigger calling in the world, if you will, because I really believe that. If we can prevent somebody from having a bad interaction or transaction and it ruins their day, then they're not going to take that negativity out into the world. So it sounds kind of lofty, but I really believe it. And so when I was talking to these other groups about it, I was like, you know, what if we just came up with a separate mission or a mission that you could kind of work with throughout your organization just about your customer experience? And that's where the magic happens, because then people can really internalize that. And they can say, okay, what are we really trying to do here for our customers? Instead of following rules or looking at process sheets or, like, trying to put a square peg into a round hole, which is what a lot of these judgment calls are, they have something that is just kind of a moral compass for them, where they can say, okay, what are we trying to do for our customers? We're trying to bring them a moment of, of delight in a, in a tough world.
1: Right. Right. Uh, I call that a moment like that. of magic.
0: There you go. Yeah. A moment of magic. And so if they know that and they've internalized it, then it makes all of those decisions about what to do for customers that much easier and that much more magical, frankly.
1: Yeah. So first, I love your lofty goal, and I would imagine <laughs> that you are a total uh, subscriber to the idea of peace on earth On earth and uh, uh, goodwill to all men, or yes. something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am very optimistic. Yes. I believe in people. Yes, very much, very much so. <laughs> so and, and so,
1: but but seriously, let's get back to this concept of the the customer service mission within a company, it, it being mm-hmm. or a customer experience mission. I talk about something called a mantra, and you've kind of mm-hmm. created your own mantra. Create fewer. Uh, ruined days for customers how many words is that one two three four five six words and that defines Mm -hmm. what you're about uh the ritz carlton has done it in nine words and do you know what theirs Mm -hmm. is their credo we're ladies Uh, and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen that's a pretty cool credo right and and would you consider Mm -hmm. that a a customer service mission or a customer experience mission statement
0: I I believe so very much. And I think there are companies out there where their company mission also does match to a customer experience mission. But one of the things that I think it's fair to do is to say, like, we need something outside of the big corporate statement to really hone in on what we're trying to do. So Rich Carlson is a great example of that. And I think understanding that you know, we're all people, and we're, we have to interact with one another. So how can we get everybody to really understand who they're trying to be? And that's what's so great about the rich one that you just shared, that's saying something about their culture as well, which right. is fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I think it should, it should drive to the culture of what you're trying to achieve. Do you have any others that you can share with us that, you know, mission statements or, or customer experience mission statements uh, mm-hmm. from other companies?
0: Well, and I'm not sure if this one is still um, accurate because there may have been a few acquisitions in there, but um, one of the websites, actually, that I, I love this mission, they talked about how it's the I, I Have Cheeseburger or whatever the, the, the humor site is. And what they talk about is providing five minutes of joy in somebody's day, and that's it. And because what they figured out was their customers go to their site for a maximum of five minutes, And it's a break in the day. It's to see something funny, to share something with friends. And so, when they really kind of peeled the layers of the onion around what they were trying to do, they decided that that's their mission: just to provide those five minutes of joy. And I love that one because that also helps them determine which sponsors they want to work with, which products they want to uh, partner with. It drives everything else, along with you know what they're trying to do for the people that visit their site. It's also about how they operate internally and everything else. So that's right. another one yeah. that I really enjoy.
1: You keep asking, you can ask yourself the question, is what we're getting ready to put on our site going to create five minutes of joy? And you just simple that's yes exactly or no. Right. No, then let's leave it off. Is this a story yep. that will create five minutes of joy? So I'm going to ask you a question. This is trivia now. I think I may have asked uh-huh. this at some point on one of our episodes here. Uh, do you know what the uh, three-word word for lack of a better term, mission statement would have been for the Beatles. Three
0: word mission statement. First of all,
1: know. are you old enough to remember who the Beatles are?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you flatter me. I know. Um. You,
1: you know, funny story, and I want to get back to this. But th- about a year or so ago, maybe, yeah, it had to be about a year, year and a half ago, there was a tweet that went out. Paul McCartney and Kanye West did a duet together. Paul McCartney from yes. the Beatles, Kanye West, you know, everybody knows Kanye West. Uh-huh. And somebody tweeted in, uh, Kanye West just gave some old guy a break.
0: Yes, okay. I saw that. You remember
1: that? So, so I was doing a speech, and I mentioned this, and I looked down, and, there was, and I mentioned that I'd been in my business since 1983. And there was a young lady there, and I said, I'm going to bet that I've been in business longer than you are old. And she says, <laughs> yes, that's true. I said, do you know who the Beatles are? She goes, I know who the Beatles are. I said, can you name them? and she couldn't mm-hmm. name one of them.
0: Oh, my gosh. You know, That's not right.
1: Ringo, Paul, <laughs> George, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, come wow. on. How could you not know, you know? You, um,
0: you know, I'm I'm the mom who quizzes my kids on music in the car.
1: <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't leave John I, Lennon out, by the way. There was John. He's a Ringo, right. Paul, George. Yep. Who did I course. leave out? John.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I will ask them, okay, who is this? I want them to know, like, Beatles nirvana michael jackson like (laughs) like they need to know
1: this (laughs) all right so back to the beatles three words and they actually came up with a very defined statement that i think was really you used the you used the moral compass but it was the compass Mm -hmm. that drove their business uh and the three words uh, i'll give you a hint the first one was bigger and the second one was than elvis Elvis very Elvis. good bigger than Elvis yeah. yes nice. some some people said bigger than god cuz John Lennon uh, said we're bigger oh, yeah. than Jesus one day which was a big mistake big mistake but mm-hmm. um <laughs> so but bigger than Elvis was what they were trying to accomplish and whenever they mm-hmm. went into the recording studio and they were listening to a song or or considering a song they would say is this song going to help us be bigger, mm-hmm. than, bigger Elvis. than Elvis yeah is this tour we're going bad. to take going to help us get to be bigger than Elvis. And uh, when I think of uh, Herb Kelleher, uh, Southwest Mm -hmm. Airlines fame, uh, you know, he wanted to create the low cost airline. And when everybody sitting around the table was coming with ideas, he would simply say, is this, is this going to keep us as the low cost airline? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes or no.
1: I mean, that, by the way, is very customer focused, the low cost airline. They know what customers wanted. So um, great, great examples.
0: And I think that's exactly how it should be used. And that's how we use my mission statement in my company, too. There are times we ask ourselves, is this going to live up to our mission? Will this help us create fewer ruined days for customers? And it's a good litmus test, because then you can say yes or no and move on with whatever decision is based on that
1: and feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you look at some of the taglines of companies, and a tagline could be, in a sense, a brand promise. It's not the mission Mm -hmm. statement, but it could be a good customer service statement. Um, Mm -hmm. I think of Enterprise Rent-A-Car. It's four words. We pick you up. And -hmm. I think it's a metaphor for the level of service they want to give you. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Outback Steakhouse. Oh, go ahead. You've got one.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I I like Nike because their mission is to make everybody an athlete. And I love that because they really are about providing something that is, you know, about how people feel and, and how they behave. So that's what drives them. So I love that one, too. All and about it, it the experience. It ties right into just do it. It ties right into that.
1: Yeah, and then there's uh, Outback Steakhouse. Uh, used to have mm-hmm. four words that was great food, no rules. huh. What does that yep, tell you? I remember. And what I love about yep. that is when you tell a customer that, they get it, okay? Mm-hmm. They Now they expect it. They have an expectation. And when you hire somebody to come and work for you, uh, and they say, this is what we believe in. Do you understand what this means? They have an idea. Well, we're going to train you so that you can deliver on this promise. And I think right. that's another side of it is, is, is training.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And I think hiring as well. You yep, know, hiring Southwest the right people
1: is, who can get it.
0: Yes. And Southwest is famous for, like, hiring in a very different way. And they have their attendance really entertain them throughout the uh, hiring process because they believe that's part of uh, getting the right people. And I really think, you know, people have to look at hiring as part of building the right culture and living up to their customer experience mission and then tie that into the training and tie that into how you evaluate employees and everything else. It all goes together.
1: Yeah, hiring's key. Uh, there was a company that I wrote about called The Fudgery. Have you ever heard of The Fudgery? Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't. They're no. that company. You may have seen them, where you go into like uh, more of a touristy mall, and there's mm-hmm. these kids making fudge and they're singing and they're giving out samples. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that?
0: I have seen that. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to think of where I was when I saw it. Probably that, but in I like you know
1: one of the, uh, a major tourist type mall uh, that sells mm-hmm. lots of souvenirs and has got a lot of foot traffic. Anyway, uh, the uh, I, I couldn't believe how how fun these kids were. So I went over to the manager and I said you know, what do you do? Cause they're singing. I go, do you uh, like audition these kids? He says, yes, we do. I go like, what do you mean? He says, we put them in front of a camera with bright lights and we say, start singing. And I go, I'm going to bet that you don't care if they're a good singer or a bad singer, but the fact mm-hmm. that they're willing to sing is what you care yeah. about. Yeah. And so yeah. that's exactly right. That's, that's hiring the right people with the right personality. And, uh, you know, we can train them to make the fudge.
0: Right, exactly. That's exactly it. So they get it. Hire the person.
1: Yep. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I've got so many other things to talk to you about and ask you about. And I know that you know a lot about hiring because you sleep with the guy that's the uh, head of recruiting for an interesting (laughs) company. That's your husband, who is an executive at a company, and he is involved in recruiting. So you know about hiring good people. We're talking with Jeannie Walters. She's the CEO and founder of 360 Connect. And she's all about the customer experience. We're going to take a really short break. We'll be right back. This is Chef Haiken on Amazing Business Radio. Chef Haiken here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world class customer service training at your fingertips online 24 7. 365 days a year. Just go to www.ShepOnDemand.com. Once again, that's ShepOnDemand.com. And remember, always be amazing.
0: This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken.
1: We are back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Jeannie Walters and so much to talk about. But one of the things that I'm intrigued about as we were preparing for the show was you talk about lowering customers' expectations and why we would would consider doing that. Uh, let's talk about that for a few minutes.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, if you've been around this industry for a while, as you you and I have, uh, you see kind of trends kind of come and go, and people talk about one thing for a while and then it was on. And for a while, a lot of people were talking about, you know, you have to wow the customer all the time
1: impossible to do.
0: Exactly. That's exactly it. And so I think a lot of people get disappointed because they see something done for one customer in this amazing way and maybe it goes viral because they're sharing it on social media and then the next customer comes along and thinks, "Well, gosh, I'm just getting the everyday service. Like this is kind of boring, you know. <laughs> I want a parade, I want whatever." <laughs> and so I, I think parade. that <laughs> And I think that there are um, situations where if you have a good relationship with the customer and if you, you are proactively communicating, then sometimes the best thing you can do is lower their expectations and say, you know what, we shipped that thing last week and we told you two days, and guess what, it's not going to be two days because something happened and it's going to be three days. We want you to expect it on, you know, the third day. Let us know if that's acceptable or keep talking or offer something maybe, but I think the the problem is People within companies get scared of sharing that type of truth because they don't want to let the, down the customer, and that by not communicating, they actually uh, let down the customer even more because they didn't set the expectations in the right way.
1: So I kind of so think, think that's that's a whole different topic. Is the proactive uh, nature mm-hmm. of of managing the customer's expectations, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think you're you're right on task. Wow doesn't happen every day, every moment, every interaction. Friendly right. happens. Helpful happens. Knowledgeable yeah. happens. Um, yeah. The above average experience is capable of happening. But to get a wow, there's something special that has to happen. Um, or mm-hmm. it, it could be a complaint. It could be a, a noticed opportunity like, hey, I just overheard. You know, I'm the server at arrest, and I just overheard this guy's going to ask this girl to marry him in just a moment. Uh, let's right. get him a cake real quick, and let's just give him yeah. a celebration. You know, that doesn't happen every day. Right. Um, so, and, right. and your idea of, hey, we promised two days. We're calling you to let you know there's a problem. I think that in itself is an amazing example of customer service.
0: I agree. I agree. And I think, unfortunately, for a long time, people in kind of – traditional, quote-unquote, corporate environments, we're almost told to just practice avoidance. (laughs) You know, like the customer, if we're going to say something to disappoint a customer, just get through it by kind of ignoring them until you get, until, you know, the icky situation goes by. And that's the exact opposite of what people want. And one of my favorite examples, this is an old example now, frankly, because technology has changed, but standing in line in a grocery store and the tape would run out in a cash register. And you could see the cashier look anywhere except at the line of customers waiting <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: because because she was panicked and she didn't know what to do and she knew that it was going to cause a delay and a wait and she had to call the manager or whatever. But it's like all you wanted as a customer is to be acknowledged in that moment and to have somebody look at you and say, it's going to be a minute. Sorry about that. And that could alleviate it, but I think that is an example of how we, we kind of were taught that in a lot of environments to just avoid the situation, avoid the eye contact, avoid calling the customer, just let it happen and hope that they don't notice. And that's the exact opposite of what we should be doing when we know that we're not going to meet their expectations.
1: You know, be proactive. If you know there's a problem, let them know. And guess what? The customer will appreciate your honesty and yes. your integrity and your your ability to keep them informed. You know, just having mm-hmm. the information. Don't you just love yeah. it? You and I both travel for a living, and yep. we go to the airport, and you're in Chicago where there are more delays than anywhere else in the entire mm-hmm. freaking world, I think. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> But don't you just yeah. – I mean, what it feels like. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, I, I really believe that they may have the biggest uh, problem with delays in the entire U.S. Maybe LaGuardia, but Chicago mm-hmm. O'Hare is probably number one. So this tell me this doesn't happen to you all the time. Mm -hmm. it's flashing on time we're going to be boarding in six minutes and the plane's not even here yet you know you're not going to be boarding in six minutes what are Mm -hmm. they doing are they just hoping that we don't notice
0: i think i think so it's impossible i think the i've noticed a positive change where now pilots are communicating more about what's happening with delays and everything and I've come to really appreciate that because there are times where it's. I find it most frustrating when you're on the ground and you're not moving for some reason and nobody's talking.
1: Oh, I know, (laughs) I know.
0: That that can drive a person crazy. And so I love now that I feel like pilots and attendants are much more communicative in the last couple years about – you know what, we've got a couple of planes in front of us, this is what's happening, whatever, because I think that they got tons of feedback that, you know what, people feel trapped and they feel like they don't know what's happening and they it's going to be five minutes or five hours that I'm sitting in this seat. You know, I right. mean, that's, Tell me, all tell me. Things. If you're going to yeah, make me exactly.
1: late, tell me how long I have to wait. Right. That's right. tweetable. And now they're doing and it, it a little bit more. Yes, it's good. <laughs> all right, let's switch <laughs> that's gears. That's that Let's switch gears. Let's yeah. talk about micro-interactions. This is a big thing. I actually, before we uh, jumped on for this interview, I went on your, your uh, YouTube channel, or actually not your YouTube mm-hmm. channel, but I went on your website and I looked at your TED Talk and you talked about micro-interactions. This is pretty cool.
0: Thanks. Yeah. I, I got into this because I started noticing that a lot of things that are really minor uh, in kind of the grand scheme of things can make a really big impact, either negative or positive to an impression, to the way that somebody feels, to the entire experience that you have as a customer. And so I just started noticing and gathering and observing. And I've been doing that for years now. Now people send them to me, which is really fun because people, once you start noticing these, you can't not see them. Um, But they're everything from how is the way a sign phrased? How does you know, how can you make that a little bit better for the customer? And one of the examples I used was this bank of doorways that had all caps, red, do not enter, not an entry point. And that's, that's what you saw when you approached this retail environment. And so I was like, what if they just had an arrow that said the door's down there or right? welcome this, this way or anything? <laughs> um, because it's like they're yelling at you before you've done anything. Or
1: Big capital letter any- shout out.
0: Yeah. And, you know, my, my new thing lately, all these B2B invoices that basically, not B2B necessarily, B2C too, but invoices that basically spend the entire real estate assuming that you're not going to pay the bill. <laughs> they they <laughs> Here's what happens. Tell you,
1: you're going to be charged yes. 2% for every three days. Exactly. You know, here are our yeah. terms. So
0: Yes. And it's all negative, and it's all legal, and it doesn't feel friendly or human. And in some cases, that's the only communication, that's the only regular communication customers might have with a company is the invoicing. And it's so careless. So so if you think about ways that you can improve those moments, I think it can go a long, long way towards loyalty and word of mouth and all those positive things.
1: Right, I have a contract that I send my clients when we do a speech and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a minor like one sentence cancellation clause on there, but overall it's just a here's the date, here's the time. And I give it to a client and they say we need to send this to the legal department. Of course the legal department says, Well, there's no indemnification, there's no warranty, there's all <laughs> these legal terms and they send it back. And I even talked to a lawyer once and the lawyer said Uh, do you really want us to sign this contract as is? It gives you no protection. And I said, "Wow, what are you talking about? I said, first of all, we're agreeing that I'm going to come and do a speech and that you're going to pay me for that speech. (laughs) If you decide to cancel me, it doesn't Uh say you're out of this contract just because you decide to cancel. I think if I Mm -hmm. went in front of the judge and I'm the little one, you know, I'm not a one-person operation, but, you know, we have, Mm -hmm. half a dozen people here i'm the little tiny company that's up against the huge fortune 50 company the judge is going to say give the guy his money you cancel the speech (laughs) right right but (laughs) i'm not going to take it to that level but i'm thinking what 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 am i worried about they're not going to cancel and if they do cancel they're they're going to probably just say our fault we owe you the money which is basically any time i've been canceled except maybe two times in over 30 years that's exactly what they've said. And I said, well, I appreciate that. When can we make it up? Because if you're going to pay for something, you should get something in return. And whether I do the speech or whether I do something else for them, but it's amazing. It's like your contract is too easy.
0: Oh yeah. I I know. Well, and when did that happen? Like when did we as a population of people decide that that's how we were going to talk to one another (laughs) with all these legal terms? And, and, you know, this is revealing a bit more about my age, but I was part of a team that helped get the very first uh, property and casualty insurance quote and purchase online that had never been done before, it was this big deal. And I spent hours with these lawyers telling them that we didn't have to call the person on the other end of the computer, be insured. We could say you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> because that's who we were talking to. That's great. Wow. And
0: it took months to get that approved, but it was, I mean, it was revolutionary because everything had been through middlemen, basically with brokers or agents. And so the contracts were very much written that way. And they were just trying to take those contracts and shove them out to consumers. And it's like, that doesn't work. People can't even relate to this because they don't even know you're talking directly to them. And so it's things like that that I love to look for and find ways around and find ways to turn something that is kind of maybe unnoticed um, into a moment that is special that people will remember. And there was one that I found uh, a couple of years ago. It was at a restaurant here in Chicago where the restrooms were downstairs. So you go downstairs, and then the first door said, not here, and it had an arrow. And the next one said, keep going, arrow. <laughs> mm. And it said, still not there. And I thought they could have put up those signs that said, employees only, private, do not enter. But instead, they took the time to think about, okay, what is, what are our customers needing in this moment? And how can we make it kind of fun and whimsical for them? And it is. So that's exactly, as you were memories.
1: describing it, I'm thinking, this is funny. I hope that's where she's going yeah. is that it was meant as a little bit of humor. You know, exactly. you're almost there, just a little right. bit further. I hope you don't have yeah. to go too bad. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at, and at Legoland with my kids, I took a picture because they're – their sign for directions for the restroom were a Lego girl and a Lego boy, like crossing their legs. And oh, it funny. just made me laugh as a parent, because I was like, every parent feels that when you're like, Oh my gosh, I need a restroom right now. Cause my kid, you know, is ready. And to see the little Lego people, I was like, that's a moment of humanity in a weird way, even though it's Lego people. So it's, it's things like that, that i love to find and love to look for opportunities to really make those moments a little more magical, a little fun, just so they're not something that they're they're thoughtful instead of thoughtless I guess that's, that's, that's good that's, that's good
1: micro it. interactions love the concept all right we're just about out of time we've got about 1 minute is there one thing you can think of that you want to share with us that you want to leave with us maybe something that you want to reemphasize or something new you want to give us in the last uh, few moments that we're together
0: Sure. I would just say, you know, the thing about a customer experience mission that I love so much is that if your company's not doing it, you can do it for your department. You can do it for yourself. You can write your own mission about what kind of customer experience do you want to deliver to the people that you serve every day. And it can really help serve everything else that goes into customer experience and make you mindful of those micro-interactions in a new way and all of those things. So that's something I love to leave people with because it really can make a big impact,
1: Right. In other words, you can be the force within. You can be the role model that others look at and say, you know what? Wow, that person is amazing. I need to do more mm-hmm. of that. And the force within could have an amazing, uh, you know, uh, uh, it just it permeates throughout the organization. People will pick up on it. So I love it. Yeah. Jeannie, you've been yeah. awesome. Awesome. Thank you well, so you've much. You've been awesome. Thank well, you. <laughs> well, thank thank you.
0: you.
1: Oh, my pleasure. This is why we call this Amazing Business Radio because we have amazing <laughs> people like Jeannie Walters and uh, just shared some great concepts. Everything from the customer experience mission and how it differs from a company mission to uh, managing the expectations and forget about trying to wow. I've been talking about that for years. People need to hear it. You don't need to wow people every single interaction that you have. Micro interactions. Look for those little tiny moments, those interactions that you can uh, use that seemingly aren't important, but overall they add up. And you know what? It's in, in customer service, it could be if you're having a people-to-people interaction, it could be just a head nod or a smile as you walk by mm-hmm. somebody. Everything adds up. And, of course, your last idea um, which is great. Boy, so much great material. I hope everybody wants to go back and listen to this over and over again. So thank you again for being on the show. My name's Chef Hyken. Yeah. And everybody, you've been listening to Amazing Business Radio. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.